Listen, it's no secret that 2020 has been a very trying year. We endured a lot, but yet we have overcome and conquered. Which brings us to this episode today, The Last Call. This is one last hooray and final recap of all the bullshit. So let's get started. This episode is jam-packed. We're talking albums, moments, album covers, artists, Texas, and we still have topics. So let's just jump into things. Um, And the things that we're going to jump into first is the things that we have the most to talk about today, which is 2020 moments. Here's a handful of moments that I just had to mention. Okay. What what happened to B Simone? Remember? Okay. I mean, we're not going to relive everything. We don't have the time, but B Simone's plagiarism really needs to be addressed in full. And she's been walking around at a lot of interviews saying, you know, I can't discuss this because it's still a legal matter. We're still working on it. We're still fixing things. And girl, did you still shit or not? And how did you fix it? Baby girl, we need to know. <laughs> Um, black shows hitting Netflix. That was a big moment in 2020. I mean, Moesha being on a streaming platform was a big deal for me. I know it was a big deal for girlfriends. Um, one-on-one, half and half, the Parkers, these shows are just staples in black culture. And it was just nice to see that it was readily accessible for my black people. The insecure finale. Oh, Okay, remember I connected the dots of like the Moesha um, scandal of Frank and Ray J and that whole love triangle of he he's not really your cousin, he's your brother, he's my son, um, not my nephew. And I just felt like it was an unnecessary blemish on a really good black family on TV. And same thing for Insecure Finale. I just feel like it's just another blemish on a, on a black relationship or a black man that we've already lived through through so many other storylines. But if you don't remember, or if I'm spoiling shit for you, oops, skip ahead. But um, at the end of the most recent season of Insecure, Lawrence has a baby on the way with condolences. And I am just extremely frustrated because Issa deserved better um, when it comes to relationships, including friendships. But I digress. And another great moment for 2020 was the birth of versus battles. Uh, We were turning lemons into lemonade with the creation of that. Um, shout out to, I think it's Timbaland and Swiss Beats who are the creators behind Versus where celebrities either from home or in the same room are battling 20 songs versus 20 songs for their, their catalog. And the, the greatest Versus I feel like I was able to watch was Brandy and Monica and Gucci and Jeezy. Those were the, the big ones for me. But of course we had 2 Chains versus Rick Ross. Erica Badu and Jill Scott, like there was some really great verses early on. Um, so if you don't remember, revisit those um during the holiday season. 
or just revisit the cheat sheet playlist that they post on um, Apple Music. So that was a really great moment. And that is a perfect transition into some current quick topics that I just have to mention. And that is Ashanti. Miss Always on Time had to cancel and delay. This bitch caught COVID. I was extremely frustrated because I really thought I was going to be singing at the top of my lungs when it came to Ashanti versus Keisha. And it's just been delayed to January, rightfully so, because we got to make sure Ashanti is good. And you know, I want her health to be in the best condition, but man, did she just fuck up my night? Um, cause I was just ready to reminisce and wear my baby fat coat and my, uh, (laughs) my FUBU shoes. I was just going to look early 2000s decked out, but until next time, I guess. Um, but some other quick topics to mention quickly. One, leave fucking Lizzo alone. I am sick of y'all every, every other month tearing down the, the biggest black girl that y'all can pinpoint on the internet and it's always Lizzo because she's the biggest um, star that is also plus size in the moment. Um, And it's just frustrating to watch her be y'all's punching bag for y'all's fake outrage. Okay, so recently Lizzo posted a, um, I don't know, it was a picture or a video of her just showing her journey of this diet tea or smoothie or detox that she's currently taking and people... I don't know if they're also in the plus size community or just people who just want to find something to be mad at, but they found themselves in Lizzo's comments saying like, how dare you promote this diet culture? You're supposed to love your body and yourself and do things naturally. And it's like, listen, her body, her choice, (laughs) right? Same people saying that it's pro-choice are trying to police Lizzo on what she should do to lose her weight. Like the nerve, the nerve. I feel like I've said that so many times this year alone. The nerve of you all out there who think that you can tell someone else what to do with their body. The nerve. (laughs) And then in addition, I know, I know it's a little, it's a little sticky. It's still a little sticky because I don't know the aftermath in full but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, also leave Cupcake alone. Cupcake is a female rapper. She recently dropped a <laughs> a funny song that was also some diss songs. It was her version of a, um, a raunchier, more aggressive um, control verse. You remember years back, Kendrick dropped his control verse where he went at 10 or so rappers and saying that he can, you know, he raps better than them and, you know, he's coming for y'all's spot or y'all think y'all rap good, but I actually rap better type energy. And that's exactly what Cupcake did. She may have put a little bit of extra hot sauce on it. It was, it was the extra spicy, (laughs) but I'm still here for it. But this is what, um, People are really tearing down Cupcake because she made fun of Mulatto. She made fun of Flo Millie, but she did have a bar about Megan getting shot and she was making light of it. And it's like, is it too soon? Because at this point, Meg has also talked about it and addressed it in her music at this point. And so I understand that we shouldn't be making light of harming black women, but in the arena of, 
I'm trying to outwrap you and I'm trying to poke at you, I don't see the harm in it because if this were 20 years ago and these were two male rappers, this wouldn't even be a conversation. But because it's women and, you know, we were supposed to band together and hate Tori, we're like, hmm, do we hate Cupcake now? And I feel like these are two different situations that we can't blend. Tory Lanez is not Cupcake. Cupcake is not Tory Lanez. They they have done two completely act completely different actions. And if you ask me, we should leave Cupcake alone. Let her rap how she wants to rap. And if anything, if you go and listen to the Cupcake's female rap diss song, I don't remember the title because it's only released on YouTube. So it's not like I could just go back to it and listen to it on Apple or Spotify. But if anything. I felt like the most hurtful bar in the song was towards Flo Millie. Oh my gosh. She, <laughs> she, she used Flo Millie's flow to make fun of Flo Millie. And I felt like it was just the, the ultimate burn. It, it, it was hilarious. I'm going to say cupcake. She, she had to address it. And she says, um, your music is terrible. It's really unbearable. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of the bar, but it was just funny to hear it in Flo Millie's flow. Um, Leave Cupcake alone. And then lastly, quick topic before we move and transition into some music is, hey, I hosted my first clubhouse room. Yay. It was titled um, BT Failed Black People, But What Now? Um, it was a random topic. I just wanted to get my first room out of the way, my first room jitters to be able to say that I have hosted one so I can get in the habit of doing one at least once a week so I can then start a clubhouse group that you all as listeners can follow because you have to consecutively consecutively um, do three weeks in a row of clubhouse rooms before you're able to create a group. And so I would love to create a Tea with Tammy group so we can then band together after after a podcast or before a podcast to share ideas or after the show comments. And so coming soon in 2021. So if you haven't been invited to the platform, tweet it out, tag some people and be like, hey, does anyone have an extra invite to Clubhouse? Use your resources, get on the app because I want you a part of the conversation. But my Clubhouse room went surprisingly well. I mean, it didn't have an astounding turnout, but of course I didn't promote it. And it was just like on the whim, random topic. But we had some really good conversations about how we expected more from BT, how BT got sold in the early 2000s and how we have to find our favorite content on white platforms from our black people. Like why isn't Insecure on BT? Why isn't Atlanta on BT? Why isn't Red Table Talk on BT? Those types of things where it's like, why do I have to go to these white networks to enjoy my black content? And so I digress. Be sure to follow me on Clubhouse at Tea with Tammy, like every other streaming or um, social media platform. And I hope that you can contribute to the next conversation. But let's transition to music a bit before we hop back into more 2020 moments, which we know consumed a lot of our energy and the podcast show this year. But let's talk R&B. R&B had hmm, an interesting year. 
Hmm, I had I had some few favorites that let me down and then I had a few randoms really catch my attention. And I don't say randoms like, oh, like they're just some randoms off the street, but just people I didn't expect to really catch me, catch my eye or, or my, my ear, I should say. But when it comes to people who let me down, Ty Dolla Sign, like this was supposed to be the album. It was even titled it was titled Featuring Ty Dollar Sign, which is the perfect title because he's featured on every fucking thing, every album, every other album. If you're just scrolling through Apple Music, he is the goat of current um, features. But when it came to his own project, it was boring. It fell flat and nothing stood out. And I was just like, <sighs> do do I like tie dollar sign or do I like you know do I like parsley you know it's like one of those <laughs> do I just like a sprinkle of him um and I have to really reevaluate I feel like maybe I I don't know what happened I don't know what the situation was maybe it was just too many songs or just not the right songs maybe he needed more features maybe he needed less features I don't know where the issue was it just it wasn't it and it sucks. Same thing I have to say for Division's album. I love Division. Division has some of my favorite R&B songs ever. And the fact that I didn't like almost an entire album. Well, I don't want to say I didn't like it. It's just, it wasn't enough for me to revisit. And that, that's not necessarily bad, but I don't think it's a good thing either. But 2020 was weird. Maybe the pandemic affected how these albums were supposed to sound, but those were just two names that unfortunately let me down. Um, two artists that um, caught my ear surprisingly, like I was mentioning before, one being JoJo. Um, I loved JoJo back in the day, like middle school Tammy. I was like, get out, right now, sleep. You know, I was, I was sassy too. I was telling my little middle school boyfriend, Mm-mm, you better do me right. But of course, the business behind the scenes wasn't right and she faded away. But, you know, she's back. She says her situation is better and her album sounded good. Unfortunately, my favorite song at the time when it came out was the song that had Tory Lanez on it. But, you know, she made a statement and removed him from the album. The album still sounds good. And I'm proud of JoJo for getting out of that slump and being able to, you know, put out a a great body of work years later because we know the talent's always been there she's released things on and off in between of course we love her version of marvin's room but to hear a nice solid project from her it was nice and um another um album that caught my attention was chloe and hallie's album um the the two girls that are on the show grownish that are on the freeform network who um also are like the mentees of beyonce and I believe it's uh, Hallie who is going to be the next mermaid. Like they have a they have a bright future ahead of them because they these are two very young, um, beautiful black women. And their album surprisingly amazing. Like they had a nice little bop. They had a nice little swag. It didn't feel too immature because of their age, and it didn't feel like forced maturity either because of their mentor Beyonce. Like they weren't trying to be anyone but themselves. And if they deserve any award, it's probably best performances of 2020. I know we love to talk about Meg the Stallion every other week about 
all the great things that she's doing, but Chloe and Hallie have had a great year when it comes to just visuals and their performances and just looking fine as hell. (laughs) And so that was just another project and another um, group of ladies that just shocked me. Um, Two albums that I knew I would like and definitely ended up liking were the albums from Kalani and Tiana Taylor. Those were amazing. We we should have gave them um, more shine when when they first dropped. Um, I know Tiana is still going through it. She has said that she's just going to retire from music because she's not feeling fulfilled from it. And I don't blame her. She makes really good music, but I think she just needs time. Um, I know a lot of people's uh, critiques of her has been originality, where she's just trying to regurgitate or re-deliver the 90s to us. And that's been the case since she's first stepped on the scene. Like she's always trying to give us a throwback version of something, even on Sweet 16. When she was on MTV Sweet 16, she was going for that early 90s, 80s funk fashion. She was, you know, Google me baby. She was trying to be this throwback retro. And now she's trying to really honor that in that 90s feel. And I love it but I don't know how far I can take her. And so I think that's what she just needs to really sit down and really dissect. But the album itself was really good. I love the samples, the features. She has a really good song with Erica Badu. I think she's still worth listening to, but I agree with some critiques that people have thrown her way saying that, okay, maybe you should go back to the drawing board when it comes to how you deliver your great talent because the talent is always going to be there. It's just how you serve it to us. And um, two R&B albums that ended up being my favorite albums of the year were albums um, from Vito um, titled For You. Vito is like the cover king. I'm sure if you loved an R&B song and have typed it into YouTube, there's a Vito version, a Vito cover. And um, he makes just really good original music as well. But it seems to be that his covers outshine his original music just because of how well he can do a cover. But his album really well um, done. He has a great song called Yvette with Anaya Lamus. She is from Houston, Texas. And the song is, is a themed song. It's a baby boy song. And so it's called Yvette because that's Taraji P. Henson's character in Baby Boy. And so I think that's a really cute, clever song that I was singing all year. And the other album that ended up being one of my favorite R&B albums was from a young black woman named Elaine. And the album is titled Elements. Very smooth, very sultry, reminds me a bit of her, but a lighter tone. Her has a, a deeper tone. But Elaine has this lighter, airy tone, but not too airy where it's like Janae Aiko. And so it's a nice in-between tone of just like soothing R&B music. And I would highly recommend that you check her out. Her name is Elaine and the album is called Elements. But those are my two favorite R&B albums of 2020. Jumping back into some quick topics. Black-owned businesses, I know I told you all that I posted a while back, or it was two weeks ago, some Black-owned businesses that I shopped from. And so it was a candle company, clothing company, um, some other companies. You'll have to check out the Instagram post from two weeks ago. But I'm here again to um, post about this new um, or this current um, business that I've come across that I've purchased from, and it's Vibes by Kai. I was able to take advantage of a really great Black Friday sale, which was 80% off. I bought three products. I bought some bath salts, 
not those kind. Um, but yes, bath salts for your bathtub, body butter, and this beautiful um, salt scrub that smells delicious. And so I'm definitely going to post all the information on how to find this business, um, shop from them, and I'm going to reach out and let them know that they're, they're doing things and they're doing it right when it comes to the product and the smell. They may have to work on a little bit the packaging, but you know, that's, that's not for me to harp on on here because I really want to uplift them and get them some sales. And so Vibes by Kai, I will post them on the Instagram for Tea with Tammy. And that's where I usually post um, these things that I talk about. And so I know some people are just like, where are you posting this? Instagram, because Instagram is best for visuals in my opinion, but I'm going to get better in the, in the new year, 2021 about posting to the website. And so teawithtammy.com will have more content in the coming year. And I'm hopefully going to start that transition of better and more content during this holiday season while we have our downtime. But again, Vibes by Kai, I will post that on Instagram. And again, it's, it's the best smelling stuff. It really has me smelling like a hero, you know, like the the strongest black woman I could be. It has me smelling like December 21st. <laughs> and that's just another quick topic. Like what the hell is happening December 21st? I know some planets are supposed to collide, but I'm supposed to turn into Catwoman or something on the 21st. And I'm just, I'm hella excited. I've got the scent ready. Um, I'm just ready to see what my, my actual skills and my powers will be. <laughs> what were you, what, <laughs> what would you like your powers to be? I'm thinking I would like to be able to just either predict the future or like see what's coming. Kind of like uh, that's a Raven, just because I'm trying to really hit those lotto numbers. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not even gonna hold you. <laughs> And then just the last topic I wanted to um, quickly um, talk about before we transition back into, man, just so many moments that happened in 2020, but the college admission scandal. Do you remember that? It was, it was a white, it was a white scandal, but it was like the mom or the aunt from Full House and some other acting lady who's married to the main guy on Shameless. Anyway, some white people in Hollywood sent their kids to USC wrongfully so on the fact that their parents had money versus their skill and actually um, through proper admissions processes. The daughter of aunt whatever on Full House did a red table talk interview, you know, just really debriefing and finally speaking on the experience. And I feel like that was one of the, the best interviews I've seen from a white person who has known that they've done wrong and they're here to apologize and move forward. One of the best interviews. And it's, it's funny because she's so young. She, she took full accountability for her and her parents. She said how wrong it was and, and the use of their, their privilege, their celebrity, their income, their status, and how she's lived in a bubble of like privilege and how she, she looks forward to escape that bubble to learn more outside of her, her normalcy, normacy. And it was just really, it was just really good to hear. I, of course, she was probably just telling us exactly what we want to hear, but half the time, white people don't even do that. And so it was just, it was just really refreshing to know that there was, there was hope for um, someone very privileged to be able to use that privilege for good moving forward. Um, and so, yes, recognize your wrongs and, and right those wrongs. And I feel like that young lady plans to do so. But that reminds me and is a great transition into our 2020 moments, Red Table Talk itself. 
Red Table Talk has really turned into something I didn't think it would be. Um, When I first heard about it and it being a Facebook show, I was just like, okay, like we'll see how long that lasts. Who uses Facebook? And then now we've had some of the biggest moments of 2020 be featured on Red Table Talk. One of them being Snoop Dogg. (laughs) I don't know if you guys remember, but Snoop Dogg went off the deep end and really sent some really um, hurtful, disrespectful words towards Gail King's way because Gail King had a very disgusting interview with uh, Leslie, um, is it Leslie Jones, a basketball player. And they were talking about Kobe and she was just really pressing the issue of of Kobe being a a sexual abuser in his past, even though like he's no longer with us. It was just really nasty what Gail was trying to trying to do with the interview and what direction she was going. And Snoop Dogg didn't like it along with a lot of other people on the internet, but Snoop Dogg took it into his own hands to, to really go off on Gail King, calling her every horrible name in the book. And it was just a little too far. It was a little too much. And people were like, damn, Snoop Dogg, do you even like black women? And so he had to put on his turtleneck and his blazer and sit down at the red table talk and really talk out his issues of why he had so much anger towards Gail King in that moment. And it, it was very, okay, I'm going to say this. Snoop Dogg has a lot of questionable posts about black women. I'm going to say that anyway. Um, but it was nice for him to, again, take accountability on a platform of uh, black women and share his side and, and get all sides of, of the situation. And so Red, T- Red Table Talk really had a good moment, a great moment when it came to that. And then, of course, they had the other infamous moment of entanglement time where... <laughs> where Jada Pickett-Smith and Will Smith had to address the interview that August Alsina did with, um, what's her face from The Breakfast Club, Angela Yee, about how he had a relationship with Jada Pickett. And it was, it was interesting to find out. Some people said they already knew because they've been seen together on red carpets years ago. But it was just, it was just interesting to to pull the the veil back and you know have them talk about it even though they didn't really dive into the juicy shit it was a moment and so red table talk has really taken off and has really created some moments bigger moments than wendy williams show recently um transitioning into another 2020 big moment where of course of course of course black lives being abused and taken (sighs) This year started off rough already with the Kobe news and then George Floyd hit us with that that eight minute that eight minute video that was just so hard to watch that officer kneel on George Floyd, who was already detained, not a threat, and took his life. And that sparked a lot of motivation in people and realization that you know the fight's not over this is still happening it's happening everywhere um after george floyd brianna taylor in her home sleeping minding her own fucking business her life was taken and justice still to this day in my in my eyes has not been served 
Ahmad Arbery jogging in a neighborhood, attacked and killed because he went into an undeveloped home just to check out how the home was how the home was being built. I don't know if you've ever been through a neighborhood and seen developments or open houses, but you're welcome to to peep the shit if it does not belong to anyone yet. Yet these two white men wanted to play the law and take Ahmad Arbery's life away. Disgusting. Disgusting. These men weren't even put into cuffs when the police arrived. Now imagine two black men killing a white man and the police arriving. <laughs> Completely different story. Of course it would go. And then, oh, and this, watching this on national TV on accident for a lot of people to see, those two college students on CNN, remember, um, they were being dragged out of that car and tased while they were like stuck in um, protest traffic. Do you, do you guys remember that? I don't know what the, the follow-up or the aftermath of that has become for today, but when we saw that, and they were highlighting a, another story on CNN. And in the corner, they were showing live feed of the streets and the protests and the riots and what was happening. And two, two black people, two young black college students minding them, minding their business in their vehicle were stopped. They, the police officers slashed their tires so they couldn't move. They were dragged out of their vehicles and tased and traumatized on television for everyone to see. A lot of disgusting things have happened to black people this year. And I'm just hoping that 2021 shows us something different. Just, it just, it sets the, the blueprint to what we know we deserve and how we should be treated. Because <sighs> 2020 was really the catalyst of like, okay, Listen, nigga, <laughs> I don't know how much more we can handle this. And that that trans transitions me into mentioning No Name versus J. Cole. Remember that situation? Um, no Name was calling out artists, um, not by name, but just saying, hey, like your favorite artists are, are saying that they're conscious and they're saying that they're here for the black people and their music. And we don't see them in the streets. We don't see them tweeting links of how to donate. We don't see them addressing, you know, our public figures and, and public matters to try and make change. And it's sad. That's what she basically said. And J. Cole responded in a song saying how, you know, you know, how it was interpreted to me is if you say it nicer, maybe I would, or, you know, you shouldn't put all this weight on, on us in, in this unnecessary way. And it was just, it was just very, I don't know. I was, I was on the side of no name in that. I'm, I'm not gonna like pull up this like sexist battle but it felt like he was really trying to be like listen black lady I don't know who you think you are trying to talk to us this way but you should be the one sitting down like it was just very belittling how J. Cole was talking to no name in my opinion we can debate about that in the comments later but that was a moment in the year um and there was some other verses and I'm not talking about versus battles on IG like no name versus J Cole we had Joe Budden versus Spotify where he left the platform and he laid that shit bare as for hey this was my experience in getting a podcast deal and 
I, I don't, I don't like how things went on the way out the door. Um, it transitioned into a smear campaign and maybe some more things being revealed when it comes to the inner workings of iHeartRadio and Charlemagne. That was just a moment for media and, and black me- media, um, content creators. And then Nick Cannon versus Viacom. Don't know if you remember, Nick Cannon made some comments on his podcast that were not favored by the Jewish community and Viacom cut Nick Cannon from the entire network and he is no longer hosting Wild and Out currently and we don't know the future of one of our staples in black culture just like the other shows that I I listed before Nick Cannon has one of those shows as well and so there was some big versus moments outside of the versus battles when it came to 2020 but I was on the side of no name I was on the side of Joe Budden and I'm on the side of Nick Cannon so that's where I stand as Tiva Tammy. Oh, I told you this episode was going to be lengthy, so I'm going to speed things up a little bit more, but I feel like you all can follow with me. But um, transitioning back to music, let's talk rap albums. Okay. I listened to Logic's retirement album and I enjoyed it. It's just that it was enjoyment a little too late. Like on your way out the door, you're going to finally give us what we kind of been wanting from you. <laughs> it was just kind of almost annoying at that at point and I think Logic at this point is just always going to be annoying I don't know he's just one of those artists now but the album wasn't bad I'm, I'm gonna say that and I'm not afraid to say it either because it's like Logic has become one of those artists where it's like oh my gosh you like Logic and same thing with Russ or Joyner Lucas he's in that group of like ew you like those artists because they're corny like and it's unfortunate to be like they have skill and like try and defend them but logic is a good rapper we know that he can technically rap it's just that the content and how he delivers it to us is a bit corny and like i said on his way out the door for his last album of of rapping it it was actually good because these last two albums were forced they were like forced nerdy different albums that we didn't ask for i i get it he's an artist and he gave us what he wanted to give us but again like i said it's not what we wanted but it was a good album Kiss Five by K Camp, really good project. I remember mentioning that on a few episodes um a while back. D Smoke had a good album. Now here's the here's the thing with D Smoke. He's being mentioned in, you know, Grammy uh, nominations and just different conversations and people are saying that his his mention is probably paid for through that Netflix competition show that he won. But the content on the album was solid. The songs were solid. It's just that there wasn't anything memorable about about the flows or the choruses or anything like that. It I learned it was it was good, but just not enough. And so that's my opinion of D Smoke's album. Um, the albums that kind of left me hanging or were disappointments were album the album from Two Chains. Um it's called Lord Help Me or something like that. It's just, I, Two Chains is a legend. Two Chains will always have a hit on his hands, but when it comes to a full project, mm, this was not it. Same thing with Amine. I love Amine. I have a crush on Amine. I want to hang out with Amine, but this last album that he dropped this year, mm, not memorable, not it, no, nothing catchy. Like, 
it's it's sad that my favorite music of him was a mixtape in between his projects, which was the 1.5 project that he dropped a while back. <sighs> Come on, I mean, I channel that version of you and I feel like you will be on your way. And Meg Thee Stallion, um, that album, good news. Um, it was bad news to me. I mean, <laughs> it, it's all right, but it's just not anywhere near what I would want my most known Texas artists to sound like. That's again, just me. But the projects that were really standing out to me that were my favorite top five projects of 2020, here we go. Dinner Party by Terrace Martin and Ninth Wonder and a sprinkle of other people like Snoop Dogg, um, some other names that I can't think of in the moment. But that album was just pure deliciousness pun all intended because it's called dinner party but it was really smooth I feel like you can put this on in the morning late in the evening when you're cleaning while you're driving I feel like it's for everyone and yet not a lot of people have heard it and so I would highly recommend you that um you listen to dinner party it is on all streaming DSPs better that is an album by Deontay Hitchcock he is known for a lot of his um, car freestyles that he used to do. Um, I I miss them. I know a lot of other people on my timeline have tried to create those that the feeling of those car freestyles, but not hitting the mark like Deontay Hitchcock used to. Like he would really get in his bag and just be in a car. And it was just so simple yet so good. And he really translated that into an album and he did it well done. And so I would just really recommend you to listen to Deontay Hitchcock's album better. Um, another person who was able to really tell good stories and really be able to transition from, you know, before to now when it comes to growth. And that's New Beginnings by Reason. Reason is just a name that I don't hear enough. He is a really good rapper. Why don't we value him? I feel like maybe it's because he doesn't have a braggadocious aura about him. He doesn't really have a scandal attached to him. He doesn't look super like he's not super fine, ladies, or he's not super ugly. I don't know. He just doesn't have a niche on what we can remember him for when it comes to being on like visuals or just like as a person. But when he raps and when he speaks, I listen and I feel like you would do the same. And so listen to New Beginnings by Reason. He is signed to TDE. He has some really good songs. I don't know what more to say. Um, the, the next album that I really enjoy for 2020 that ironically recently just came out is No Love Lost by Blast. And when you spell Blast, it's not with an A, it's with an X. So B-L-X-S-T. And oh, it's that smooth in-between of R&B and rapping this album sounds exactly what I wanted Ty Dollar, Ty Dollar Sign's album to sound like and Black's album to sound like. And so it's a fuse of Ty Dollar Sign and Black, and it's just a perfect, perfect combination and, and sound of rap R&B. And so definitely check out No Love Lost by um, Blast. And the last album that I want to talk about that is rap is by Toby Nwigwe, who is from Houston, Texas, and he released an album called Cinco Originals. This album is amazing from head to toe, like bars, um, poetry, freestyles, like 
just the champion of black women and black men, the like just the song titles, the features, like Earth Gang is on the album, Big Crit, Royce the Five Nine, D Smoke, Sci High, all the great rappers. Every rapper who probably wrote your favorite rap song is on this on this album and just like Reason, Toby's name is not mentioned enough. But in the coming years, I feel like he, he's going to be on everyone's TV forefront soon. I mean, they already brag in multiple songs, him and his wife, because his wife is on the album too, um, about how Beyonce is even checking for them. And so they're on their way. Check out that album, Cinco Originals by Toby Noigwe, who is a Houston, Texas artist and is my um, one of my favorite albums of 2020. Um, to kind of wrap up this this episode, we're going to go through just a, another list of, of favorites, um, like a speed round of like all like the, the loose ends of favorites of 2020. But before we get into that, I want to just mention some other Texas um, rappers that I've really enjoyed for the year and um, the last like grouping of important moments of 2020 that just stuck out that I have to mention. But my favorite Texas artists that I feel like you should listen to are uh, Ken the Man. I've mentioned her many times before. She was on that XXSmas album by Pornhub and she has a a nice sexy anthem of the year called He Be Like that I've been jamming like literally all year. Um, she's beautiful. Um, she's from Texas, like I said, and it's just really good sounding down South music. Reek and Sage, that is a rap producer duo. They have been dropping beautiful visuals. It's not always music that I want to hear, but when it when you throw on a music video, it's always something that I want to watch. And so definitely tune in to Reek and Sage. Great smoker music, great riding around and getting in music, and great visuals. Um, another artist that I feel like that you may know of, which I mentioned earlier in the show, um, Anaya Lamus. She's on that Vito song that I mentioned, Yvette. That's on his album for you. He's one of my um, favorite R&B albums of the year. She's also someone who was known for the freestyles, just like Deontay Hitchcock. She would always just get in front of her bathroom mirror or her kitchen counter and bust a freestyle, but it had that melody and it'd also be sexy and she's thick and she's from Texas. And it's just a great combination of just talent, beauty, skill, and in the South. And so definitely check out Anaya Lamus. She has a really good song called The Best Thing that's been doing really well. And it reminds me of the song by Beyonce, um, by Beyonce, Best I Never Had. And so definitely check that out. And the last Texas um, artist or artists I should mention is Frito Gang. It's a collective. I've had some of their members on the show before, but I don't know how many members exactly are in the group, probably 10 plus, but they have different styles, different swags, different flows, different skin tones, different hairstyles, and they they all fuse and melt together and blend perfectly to this unique Southern sound that doesn't necessarily sound Southern. I know that sounds a bit confusing, but they're from the South. They have Southern experiences, but it doesn't sound like oh, they're from Texas or, oh, they're from the South. Like this is music that can be digested in the West Coast, on the East Coast. It's it's very for everyone. And so those are just some Texas artists that I feel like you should definitely listen to and give a shot to. 
Um, and then again, like I said, let's, let's wrap up our 2020 moments. I know that 2020 was a lot to process and I would hate, (laughs) I would hate to put you through it all again in just a, a short amount of time. And so let's just wrap it up. And if I missed anything, oh, well, we, we know what happened. It should probably be kicked under the rug anyway, because this year sucked. But (laughs) the most obvious moment that happened in the year was, of course, COVID-19. That has changed how a lot of people will live moving forward. And so COVID-19, this disease that has that hit um, many different areas in the world since last year, and it, it led to us using the verbiage of a pandemic. I've never had to use the word pandemic prior to 2020. Same thing with quarantine. Like, what was I quarantining for? I, I never had to. Um, and so this was just all of a new experience and, and dealing with people rushing to the store and buying all of your favorite things. I was literally crying on IG about, can y'all stop buying my favorite ice cream? Like, it's not the end of the world. Like, us other people are trying to live too. And the fact that y'all are being selfish and stocking up on all the essentials or just all my favorites, it's unfair. And so... We had to really endure a lot. We had to deal with, you know, how we, how we consume and watch sports. The NBA was in a bubble. Like a lot of, a lot of things just had to change and it's very eye-opening. Um, I'm curious on how the next year will be. Um, people claim the summer and the heat were going to kill, uh, the coronavirus. And I'm sorry, Tyrese, I don't think the heat does that on its own. And so I think we have a lot of more work to do. And of course, the talks of vaccines and all that stuff. And okay, let's just not dive into that. But COVID-19 was definitely a moment. And people not only surviving COVID-19, but getting shot. That was a huge topic of 2020. Um, Benny the Butcher got shot. Boosie Badass got shot. Meg the Stallion got shot. We're not going to dive into that in anymore <laughs> in 2020. But damn, was there some things we had to look over our shoulders for besides a disease and bullets? Our our favorite celebrities were also dropping like flies. Like this year was dangerous in so many different ways on so many different levels. Kobe, Tiny Lester, Natalie Reed, Jazz Waters, Pop Smoke, Bobby Brown Jr., Chadwick Boseman, Andre Harrell, King Vaughn, Mo3, Katherine Johnson from fucking Hidden Figures. T- Taraji just played her. Man, it, rest in peace to all the beautiful, you know, talented stars that we've lost. And, you know, the everyday people that we lost this year, too. Because I know that um, death death hit close to home for, for some of us, too. And my condolences and... You know, I'm hoping that the next year is is filled with more life. And speaking of more life, a lot of celebrities had babies this year. Sierra, Nicki Minaj, Donald Glover, who does everything else in secretive that he probably has like seven kids anyway. Um, Usher had another kid in, in hiding as well. Khalees, DJ Khaled had his second baby. Evan Ross had another child with Ashley Simpson. Um, that's Diana Ross's son. Um, Tiana Taylor had a baby, uh, T.I.'s daughter Zonique had a baby, O.T. Genesis had a baby, Iggy Azalea had a baby, and and then listen to this. These are some couples I didn't even know existed, but Laura Preppen and Ben Foster. So Laura Preppen is, um, Donna from that 70s show, and then also 
I forgot her name on Orange is the New Black, but she she had the black hair on that show. And she has a or just had a baby with Ben Foster, who was the crazy brother on Alpha Dog and um, has played on some other scary white television shows as well. And so I didn't even know they were a couple, let alone had a baby. And then listen to this other couple, Leighton Meester, the girl who played Blair on Gossip Girl and Adam Brody, the the goofy, funny guy on Mr. and Mrs. Smith and um, the OC back in the day, Orange County. Yeah, they're a thing. And they had a baby this year. And so I'm just glad that Although we had to endure a lot of death, that a lot of life was brought into a lot of people's lives. And so shout out to the babies. And that power round of favorites that I told you all that I would give you of favorites of 2020. And so one, um, favorite album covers. I love Tiana Taylor's album cover. It just showed a beautiful, abstract, strong black woman. Same thing when it came to T.I.'s album cover. It showed multiple black women looking like trophies or just like temples and it was just beautiful just rich blackness i i enjoyed kalani's album cover it had her looking over a ledge and then on the back cover it showed like a town destroyed of uh, which looked like 2020 in my eyes and then i really loved toby noigwe's album cover he had his whole family on the cover in this mint green color palette of clothing and it was just beautiful on their black skin it was just it was just a nice visual favorite artist of the year I became a little Dirk fan so he's a favorite and although she's in a lot of hot water recently Mulatto had a really good year she had a lot of great features she dropped her first debut album Um, she signed her deal she had this whole Gucci Mane persona like she was really getting it this year and I'm I'm pretty sure that she would have been able to be right there on the Meg, Meg the Stallion um, level if the pandemic didn't exist. Some non-favorites of the year, Lil Wayne and Kanye West, which is unfortunate because these are two black staples in our in our culture that should be in everyone's top five. But yet he's these two are in my top non-favorite artists of the year just because of the shenanigans. And I'm not even going to get into the shenanigans, but it's a damn shame. Um, favorite movies that I enjoy two movies that I watched on Hulu that were like the bomb bad hair black horror movie about a killer weave literally and um, this other black film was which was called premature I can't tell you not one single actor or actress that played in these movies but they were indie feeling they were um, fresh talent and they were black and brown faces that I feel like we would all relate to. And so definitely check out Bad Hair and Premature on Hulu. And the in the movies that just didn't hit right this year, that should have did a lot better. Uh, Bad Boys for Life. To see the return of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in it flop was a, was a slap in the face. And Sonic the Hedgehog, like that was one of my favorite favorite video games when I was a kid like not even gonna lie we was jumping ramps and catching rings in the air like (laughs) like it was no one's business but Sonic the movie like no get that shit out of here like it was almost unbearable to like to even look at the the imagery of Sonic and then lastly shows um, two great shows that I've checked out this year that I've fallen in love with one Grand Army um, this has a um, a nice um, melting pot of a cast, but 
Um, it has black issues in it, which has me, um, still watching and going back to it. it. I feel like it's the more mature version of 13 Reasons Why. Like, it's not that over the top forced teen drama, but these are teens and it is a drama and it's, it's actually, um, I feel like can be watched by everyone. And then, uh, Midnight Gospel. This is an animation on Netflix and this is like a psychedelic podcast. <laughs> animation and I know that sounds incredibly weird but it's incredibly good because each episode is completely different from the last and it tells a completely different story of just completely random people and it's just a good podcast animation show um again Grand Army and Midnight Gospel on Netflix (sighs) we did it we recapped 2020 we recapped all of our, our fun things, our non-favorite things, the nonsense, the good sense. Um, I'm sorry if I left anything out like, I don't know, like Tiger King or Michael Jordan's The Last Dance. Like we know it happened. Like I can't mention everything, guys, but 2020 was one hell of a year, one hell of a roller coaster. I appreciate all my listeners for tolerating my random vacations here and there, me getting in four car accidents in one year, me not delivering the content that I promised you all, but I will for sure get to you all this next year. And I really appreciate all those people that interact with me on the timeline and really keep the conversations going after the pod because that really keeps me coming back the next week. Please follow Tea with Tammy on all streaming services, all social media platforms. Please keep me accountable for content that I should be delivering to you all please, 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 please don't forget about Tea with Tammy over the holiday season because more content will be presented. Playlists, um, the, the website will finally be updated. I'm gonna try and post something to YouTube and I'm gonna get back to writing because writing has just been therapeutic all over again. And that's what really has gotten me into all of what has turned into Tea with Tammy today. Like Tammy was a blogger. Tammy, Tammy did album reviews on Tumblr back in 2011. Like it's just, we've come a long way and I kind of want to revisit what got me here to, to keep the love in it. And so, oh, and then shout out one last shout out to Joni Fields, the winner from our Halloween, um, a contest of guess what Tammy's going to be for Halloween. I was number five from Codename Kids Next Door and Joni Fields did win. I'm hoping to link with you in the next week. I do have a great prize box for you that I've put together myself. Hopefully you appreciate it. And um, just keep an eye out, of course, for more contests in the next year. I might do one for Valentine's Day. I'm feeling a little cute. (laughs) Subscribe to Tea with Tammy on teawithtammy.com with your email. And until next time, Research Natasha teas because she has a really awesome tea bath that I used the other day. And man, it had me feeling so soothed. And of course, sip some tea.